HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, what's up? This is John Norris, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow, I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes it feel mellow. Welcome to Beer Sessions Whiskey's Radio on the Heritage Radio Today is May 29th, 2012. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's beer. Number 43. We've got an interesting show tonight brought to you by GreatBrewers.com. GreatBrewers.com is your online connection to the world of craft beer. Learn about beer styles and take the Great Beer Test to challenge your beer IQ and find out about Beer Cloud, a mobile app to help you locate your favorite beer, store tasting notes, and get beer and food pairing ideas. Again, GreatBrewers.com brings the American beer community together. We're also supported by the people at the Good Beer Seal, an association of 34 New York City bars that serve, promote, and support good beer check out goodbeerseal.com and coming up june 11th at jimmy's number 43 it'll be the annual good beer seal awards we're going to find out uh, which uh, beer bars from the five bars will be added to the list and uh, on that note we'll be talking with um some beer industry guys here tonight we've got andrew mcleod from union beer and Corey bonfilio from proletariat a very cool new beer bar in the east village how are you guys Good. How you doing, Jimmy? You guys are are, are pretty cool. Uh, you're you're representing what what I think of as uh, some of the more you know knowledgeable and uh, experienced guys in the very very cool New York City uh, craft beer scene. Uh, Andrew, how did you get started? You're a manager at Union Beer. Um, how did you ever get started working in beer? Um, well, I came down to New York to uh, be an actor, and I found out that uh, that's not very lucrative if you're not extremely talented. So I just uh, I was doing a couple shows up in New Hampshire, and I was just sick of waiting tables and bartending. I mean, it was a good time for a while, but just sick of getting out at 4 o'clock in the morning and all that stuff. So uh, I went on to Craigslist, and I saw an ad under sales, and uh, I sent my resume in, and then uh, I got hired the next day. Um, don't know why they hired me. I guess they interviewed pretty well, but at that time, our that was with Union Beer that I'm with right now. Uh, we have a pretty large craft portfolio. We also sell Budweiser in Brooklyn, and uh, I started out on a route in Brooklyn, which had one Sierra Nevada Pale Ale line, and that was my only craft beer line for about uh, a year. 
Uh, and I kind of worked my way up to, uh, I'd say, more of the craft-centric territories in Brooklyn, like Williamsburg and Park Slope. Um, and I was always into drinking beer, not specifically drinking good beer, but drinking beer. And I think now a lot of the people that get into the beer industry are people that are enthusiastic about beer that really want to work in beer. I just wanted a job, and the job got me excited about craft beer and just the fact that I was selling it every single day and talking about it every night at the bars. It got me really excited, and uh, I really started out doing this job just to make some money to continue acting, which I'm still doing. What, what were some of the, the brands that you liked when you first got started? When I first got started, I knew Sierra Nevada because I grew up in California. Um, I was a big fan of you know Lagunitas IPA. Uh, I was trying so many different things, and at that point, um, I had some bars that were doing a lot of European beers, like or not European, just international beers in general. You know, Sam Smith, Hitachino White, uh, Aventinas, uh, Bitburger. So I just kind of got this uh, kind of baptism by fire in regards to tasting every single genre and type of beer. Um, but still, to this day, you know, Sierra Nevada is one of my top favorite beers. That's my desert island beer. All right. Well, I bet you have a lot of stories to tell us. Like, you're you're actually running this what territory in Manhattan? You've yeah. Got sales reps. There's trucks. There's deliveries. You know, about how many deliveries a day get made in your territory? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I do on premise Manhattan, so that's all the bar. That's the industry term for all the bars and restaurants anywhere where the beverage is consumed on the premises. And there's another guy who does you know grocery stores, bodegas, and so on and so forth. I'd say per day, you probably have between 300 and 500 deliveries go out. So it takes a lot of work to get those really good bars to my place and, and Corey's Proletariat on St. Mark's. Yeah, absolutely. we get about. We're lucky if we're lucky, we get two deliveries a week, and then this time with a sales rep. And so there's a lot of support for this this really great craft beer movement in New York, and it comes from you guys. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the whole thing about being a wholesaler is. Um, you know, it's 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 selling craft beer, it's embracing craft beer, um, but you're also, you know, there's so much logistics involved, just like a brewery, and um, you know, good bars that that I, that that we do really well with, uh, or just any bar whatsoever. I mean, I'll I'll get them beer whenever they need it, day or night, if if I can do it. Um, but when your reps are they're selling beer, they're also selling logistics, like hey. Uh, trucks in this neighborhood on this day would you mind doing taking beer on this day and and if not i mean business comes first supporting people with craft beer comes first and that's that's what we try to promote and i don't like to see an empty line and <laughs> no one else no one likes to go to a bar where their favorite beer is down so we do what we need to do to get people beer you know when they need it all right and Corey, you've you've been working in uh industry for a number of years as well you used to work at the whole foods Beer store on Bowery. Yes, sir. And then you were working at Cannibal, which you helped open, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great spot uh, owned by Resto. What was that like? You know, Were you part of uh, setting that bar up? Uh, no. There's a guy who actually works for Union right now named Ryan Kincannon, a uh, really good guy. He kind of came and uh, took me out of my last job from uh, Rattle and Hum, said he had a great opportunity, and um, I was really excited to work with him. Because he's super uh, American craft beer centric, and he he really knows his stuff, and he's a really nice guy. And I thought the two of us together would be pretty unstoppable. Um, so he actually wound up taking off just before I started. I think I stole him, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He works for Union now, which is great. Um, so I was upset that we didn't get to work together, uh, but at the same time, I had carte blanche to kind of run wild and, and fill those coolers as I saw fit. Which so what what were some of the things that you did at Cannibal that made it stand out? 
Um, I've only heard good things about it. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the food was already there, and there was a lot of great beer, but I think it was just kind of uh, expanding these existing relationships with uh, producers and, uh, you know, distributors, importers, people like this, the community in general, and um, helping that part to become a part of the, the New York community. And now, now you're at Proletariat. That's right. St. Mark's. Sure. Tell us more about that, because that's, that's one of my favorite new beer bars. Yeah, yeah. Really cool spot. Tucked behind uh, Jane's Sweet Buns over on St. Mark's. Uh, between first and a, and uh, rare, new, and unusual beer is kind of all we do, which is really fun. So it's not to say that you can't go there and uh, throw down a, a, a good old pale ale, but at the same time, you know, if you want to be challenged and you want to talk to people that know what they're doing and what's hot, what's new, what's really cool, and so what's fun is that. Um, and what are some of the beers on draft this week? Oh, it's uh, funny you ask me that right now because I haven't been there in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I've been away. Um, you know, I know we just. Uh, I know we ran through the uh, Midnight Sun Sockeye Red IPA, which is really fun, coming from Alaska. Uh, hopefully we have some more of that coming in. Um, you know, we have a pretty pretty great uh, bottle collection as well, so that's always turning over, and it's all international and all, all really fun. Uh, a lot of great American stuff as well, and so it's a really fun spot. I was there a couple weeks ago. I really liked it. It's a small bar. You get interesting mm-hmm. selections. Yeah, um, I'm really, really impressed with it. Thanks very much. And what did you bring us today to try? I brought a couple of things. I brought the, uh, what is this, Cambridge Brewing Company, uh, Sergeant Pepper uh, Farmhouse Ale, brewed with rye, malt, and uh, peppercorns, courtesy of uh, James Ty, good friend of mine. Really, really nice stuff. Pretty spicy. Um, we know, Jan- you know, James, if you're, if you're into Twitter, we're the at beer underscore sessions. That's our, our radio handle. And James Ty, he, he's a really cool guy. I have a feeling he's going to end up being an investor in like 10 breweries in the world. He's on his way. He's checking things out. He's at beer acolyte. So if you want to check out at beer acolyte, yeah, he's the man. James he's- Ty. He knows a lot. He's, he's studied and uh, he's very quiet about his beer knowledge. He sure is. And he'll deny it to the end of the earth. But he's the reason that I have the discerning palate that I do. Because we work together at Whole Foods, and I learned so much from him. Um, and I do appreciate that. So if, you, if you're Twittering now, just Twitter at Beer Acolyte and say, hey, we heard about you on at Beer underscore Sessions. Isn't that so weird that I'm talking about Twitter on the radio? Um, <laughs> hey, another guy's here today. Uh, Harris, I don't even know how to pronounce your last name. Damashek. Damashek. I met you because you've got a cool new site called uh, UndergroundEats.com. That's right. But uh, the reason we got you on the show is you convinced me. I'm not here in that capacity. That you're uh, you're part of the Sonoma Springs Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, I'm a part owner of uh, Sonoma Springs Brewing Company, but the, the company itself is run by my best friend from college. Uh, we started brewing together just after college, and he went on to become just an amazing brewer working at a lot of places like... Uh, Lagunitas and Goose Island, Firestone Walker, Russian River, and he's finally struck out on his own. And I knew his beer was uh, was top notch, so I uh, I signed on board and uh, helping him get the brewery off the ground. And things are starting to uh, to happen. Real, he does some really interesting things uh, with beer that not a lot of people are doing, particularly in California. And uh, you know, uh, Andrew, in your capacity at Union Beer, do you ever uh, weigh in on which beers you guys might pick up to distribute in New York? Uh, yeah, I, I do weigh in. Um, we I we think, should talk. No. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, they're pretty, uh, the, I'd say the, um, the upper management of Union Beer, it's a relatively young company, and they're very big on getting the younger guys uh, really involved in the process of, of talking to breweries and identifying brands that are really going to be are really going to benefit from being in New York City, and the city's really going to benefit from having those brands here. 
Um, and it's tough because there's so many brands out there. And when you go to the, you know, the Craft Brewers Conference and you hear the numbers of how many breweries are being developed right now, and just in the development phase, it's really staggering. But um, it's just, I don't know if that was the right word for that, but it is, it's, uh, it's huge. So we do play a part in it, and it's, um, it can be kind of tough. You try to figure out, uh, I think New York is such a competitive market that you really need to come here at the right time. And it's it's a hard thing to say, but you kind of have one chance to make it in a market like this. And um, you know, you might do well in your home market or something like that, and you come to New York, and it's it can be tough just because if you go to any Whole Foods or places like the Cannibal, or you just see how competitive the beer market is and how many different brands are in each store. Um, but I think most of the brands that have come here have done uh, very well, not just with my wholesaler, but the other wholesalers out there that have been great about identifying other brands out there and bringing them to the market um i think all of us collectively as a wholesaler community have done a good job of really finding the right places to put those beers and do you like all the bars that you sell to i like every single bar that i sell to (laughs) i like every single bar that i don't sell to because i know sometimes you have to be a hard ass too it's a hard business i mean it's it's not it's it's it is hard it's it's not an easy business um when i got into this business my dad who's been in the beverage industry for a long time on the non-alcoholic side he's like when you get into a wholesaler everything is going against you he's like you got to assume everything's going to go wrong and what it does assume it's all your fault and it probably isn't but it might as well be which was really positive advice and got me very motivated. <laughs> but it, it's it's a lot of attention to you, detail. You guys do all the stuff that nobody wants to do. You've, you've got trucks, you've got drivers, d- you know, deliveries, warehousing. Right. You know, it's it, the, the thing is that you got to figure out. Okay, you like drinking this beer at a bar, and this is funny. I was talking to a a doctor, uh, my my friend's husband, at this uh, uh, beer garden over in uh, Jersey this weekend. And he came up to me. He's like, "Do you understand that uh, all the beers underground here?" I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's all underground, and this system of tubes brings it up to the taps. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, where'd you think all the kegs were? That, that's how a bar works. And I'm like, you're a doctor. <laughs> it's just like, but just these very intelligent people, it's just, to them, it's a mystery. They go, and they get beer out of the tap, and they see beer on the shelf. And, I mean, if you're not in the industry, why would you know? But you don't know how it gets there, what it takes to get there. And, I mean, there could be a lot of bars that want a certain product, and a container gets held up in customs, and you can't get it. And what about Corey? So at Proletariat, how is, how is your spot set up? Because you have a really small bar. Like, wh- where is the draft system? Uh, it's all direct draw. So it's all just beneath the taps themselves, which is uh, really cool. It, it bears a lot of headache. So you mean built uh, into the bar are the refrigerators? Yeah, they're just beneath it, yeah. Exactly, uh, which is great. So we have uh, we have ten drafts, ten draft beers. We have two uh, in-house uh, draft cocktails, which is really fun. Beer cocktails, which are always kind of uh, cycling and rotating, like the drafts are. And um, all right, man. And Harris, for you, uh, is there any glamour in, in being part of a brewery that's in uh, California? Uh, if there was distribution out here, things would be a little bit more glamorous. Instead, I have to, uh, you know kind of skirt certain aspects of the law to get it delivered so that we can all taste it here uh, today but uh, no no well, <laughs> now, let's, talk, let's talk after the show yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we can taste uh, any beer on, on the radio exactly. show exactly you know, you'll never ones. find me now yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a good little introduction to, to the guys on the show today we're going to take a short break and we'll be back and talk more about the world of craft beer on Beer Sessions Radio
All right, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I've got Andrew McLeod from Union Beer, Harris Damashek from Sin- is that right? Ha- say it, say your you name. You got it. No, you got <laughs> from, it. From uh, Sonoma Spring Brewing Company and Corey Bonfilio from Proletariat, the new cool beer bar in the East Village. Yo. All right, Beer Sessions Radio sponsored by GreatBrewers.com. Now's the time to get into questions. We also got two uh, in studio guests: our buddy Garen Baker and his friend Steve. Hey, hey, uh, from England. It's their hey. second week in a row visiting New York. How are you guys? Well, a lot has changed in a week. Last week, I was so uh, happy to be here. And now, a week on, I just feel broken by this city. Completely broken by it. We, we've drank so much. It's, just been, it's been incredible, but I just feel completely broken. So what yeah. were some of the, I would say, the biggest nights out you had in the city so far? Wow. Uh, we've had a lot of big nights in this city. Uh, Saturday night, we spent a lot of time in your bar, actually, Jimmy. Um, and we had a great time at the Five Boroughs picnic, uh, sampling a few different be- beers from uh, from around the way. But yeah, it's been it's been a great trip. But broken, broken men. And, <laughs> and, and you went to Spite and Dival, right? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. yeah. And St- so, Steve, so I'm just give a shout out. Garen has been a, a big fan of Beer Sessions Radio and uh, he listens in, in UK all the time and Steve they decided that he's taking his bachelor party here in yeah, New York so. exactly, exactly. okay now everybody's on air Woo! we can talk about this guy alright so I, I don't usually like to ask what your first beer was because in America it often means that you had a 40 ounce or at, you know in high school or something but in England I'm hoping for more so Garen and Steve when you were growing up what was the first beer you had that you liked when I was growing up, my friends used to like take the piss out of me. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on. I'm sorry. <laughs> they used to take the piss out of me when I was. Um, we'd go out down a park when you're young, drinking, and they'd be drinking cheap cider, and I'd be drinking Feakston's Old Peculiar. That was what my first, one of my first favourite beers. Love Sam Smith as well. Um, yeah, beers like that, proper like essential. What I call it like like full of ESBs are really kind of good british beer if i was to yeah, say to stock british beers exactly right yeah. i mean he, he is part this guy here is partly the reason that i ever drank a beer in the first place uh which, which i'm, I'm sure that. we regret hugely. but yeah it, it's it's unglamorous yeah uh, harris you, you know where did you grow up man uh i grew up in the suburbs just north of the city in uh chappaqua small town you've got a you know i, I feel like you are a uh, well-rounded dude Oh, I appreciate that. So what was the first beer that you ever had that you really liked? I'm about to let you down. It was probably the Silver Bullet, uh, but that was high school. I think the first beer that I fully appreciated when I started to appreciate beer, it's got to go back again to Sierra Nevada, which was uh, you know uh, always and still one of my favorites. So uh, that was the first uh, that, that kind of made me understand beer was something other Something else to do other than just drink six of them. Well, let's talk about Sierra Nevada because it's exciting. They're opening in uh, at in uh, we're North, in Carolina. North Carolina. Now, is that a good move? I mean, why would a brewery want to open on the East Coast instead of just keep making beer and shipping it? I think it's actually a good move. I don't think it's a good Fresh. move for every single brewery, and I think some breweries, um, not talking about anyone specifically, but maybe expanding a little too quick. Um, just from our looking at the numbers. We're on double-digit growth right now, which is which is great. Um, but just like any market, it, it is going to slow down at some point, and you don't want to overextend yourself. I think with Sierra Nevada, that is the number one craft brewery that brews everything out of one brewery. Um, for them to be shipping beer, we get five trucks a week from Sierra Nevada that has to come all the way from Chico, California. So they have to drive the beer from California to New York. Well, I think I would actually have they drive it to Chicago, and then it goes by rail um, from there. 
and I might be completely wrong on that, and my bosses will, you know, no, cut my pay. This is <laughs> but, the inside uh, stories we absolutely. want to hear about. But, I, you know, I was surprised, I mean, because our daily rate, and we always go off daily rates, how many kegs or how many CEs you do of uh, case equivalents you do of Sierra Nevada a day is, is crazy, and uh, we need a truck almost every single day. Uh, it takes about five days to get out here, and uh, I think in their position, they've established such a, a good reputation for themselves that regardless of what happens to the craft beer industry, and I think it will continue to grow, they will be around, and uh, I think it's the right time for them to expand. Corey, what was the first beer you really liked? Uh, the first beer that really opened my eyes to more than, than just Bud is uh, was uh, Francis Connor. You know, I was at some some whatever beer bar on Long Island where I'm from and someone else got it and it looked really pretty so I got one as well and I just kind of sat back and said you gotta be kidding me man this is beer? I don't know this what is this? so you know that kind of got the wheels turning and then you know coming up through Whole Foods certainly exposed me to just more brands than I could imagine and then helping build the uh, Bowery store of course having you know essentially a blank check to just fill shelves and build more shelves and fill those as well was really really incredible and that opened me up to so much and so many brands and so many people and so it's like anything it takes a while to develop your palate you have to taste a lot which which can cost money you know yeah, I, I think it's hard to to just be a consumer and, and and develop you know a real appreciation of beer unless you're just drinking every night like we are Christmas that's about it yeah you know, the same uh, way everyone goes to uh, wineries and does tastings I think you know a lot more people are going to breweries you sure. know people who are into it and and uh, you know I think that's a great way to see the product get to know the people who make it and I think that's a cool way, cool, cool thing about so how, did you, how did you get involved uh, with Sonoma Springs yeah so uh, like I said, uh, right out of uh, after college, uh, I was uh, unemployed for, for a small spell and looking for something fun to do. And uh, I went to a, a, a real tiny microbrewery called Brewing Company Number no. 9 in Chicago, uh, just down the road from uh, Goose Island, and uh, started working there and hired my best friend from college. And we, we worked there together. And he really, he was an uh, engineering major and became... You know this unbelievable beer guy, a fermentation scientist, more or less, and so he quickly eclipsed me. I, you know, I could make beer at the time, probably not anymore, uh, and and had a great time. But uh, he's he he really took it on and, and became a career. And uh, I believed in the beers that he made because he makes just some unbelievable. You beers. know, I'm impressed with you're you're really seriously representing this this brewery because. Um, you were coming on the show and you sent us notes and you just didn't just send us a few notes about the brewery. You gave us detailed information about each beer. Now, did you bring any of the beers today? I actually did. I've got uh, about, I think, five or six uh, You were able to get those across beers. state lines? It wasn't a problem? Yeah. I, I, uh, w- w- with a little help of uh, you know, our postal service, anything's possible. <laughs> So which, which beers have you been? You gave me notes yeah. on that. Uh, so we've got uh, a Daedalus, which is a, uh, the Daedalus is a uh, Rogan beer, a uh, Bavarian uh, Weiss beer made uh, with 35% rye, so it's got a lot of interesting. And then to add insult to injury, it's also aged in rye casks uh, for three months as well. So he does a lot of really interesting stuff that sounds uh, pretty cool. with regard to that, which is a big seller there. That's a really cool style of beer. It's a really fun style of beer yeah. that not a lot of people are, are even considering, you know. Especially in Northern California where everybody sure. wants, you know, a giant hoppy IPA. Right, right. He kind of goes, he zags when everyone else zigs, which I think is kind of nice, especially in wine country because... Corey, have you had a Rogan beer before? Sure, yeah. Um, the, the, the easiest to find around here is probably Bear Republic. 
who do a really, really great traditional version of it. I think it's uh, it's pretty. Is it low ABV? Am I mixing it with something else? It may be. It's just really tasty, and the rye influence. That's also it, from uh, California. Yeah, yeah Northern California. We've never sure. had a German Rogan beer. And uh, this one's no, five, no, no, I have not. Five point nine percent. And it's just really pretty label, man. Let's it, pop that. It, it looks like a yeah. Let's pop this. Corey, what did you pour before that? That was the White Birch Hop Session Ale. That was nice. Which is uh, really, really tasty, man. Really easy going. Um, New Hampshire, yeah. We've had Bill on. Bill Hurley, oh, really? the brewery. We've cool. got him on a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super hop forward and, and kind of uh, leaning off of the Belgian influence, but uh, really tasty, you know. What I dig about this uh, this Daedalus... Let's pour it. Come on. Yeah, let's, let's pour go. it up. Is that it, uh, it looks like... It looks like one of those really tiny, like, Belgian producer ales, you know? Right. Doing the labels in their garage, doing the beer in their basement. Mm. That kind of stuff that you see That's from nice. all the best importers, you know? And, and Tim's a bit of a, a purist. He doesn't, uh, he's, he's not a fan of uh, filtering if it's not necessary. Perfect. And uh, yeah. he's, uh, you know, he, he, he loves to do it kind of straight in a straightforward way in, in that respect. All right, so the Sonoma Springs Brewing Company, Daedalus, and it's only available in California, or is it only available at the brewery? It's only available uh, in California. It's primarily uh, in and around the Sonoma area at a bunch of uh, bars and, and great restaurants and things around there. We actually just went into the uh, new Avroca restaurant that's going to be opening in Napa in a couple of months, which is uh, pretty exciting as well. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Things are expanding, but it's, it's primarily just within that area right now. So do you think there's as much a, a market for like boutique uh, small breweries as there is for boutique wineries? I think so, especially in Sonoma. You know, I mean, so many people go through Sonoma and Napa every year. Not all of those people can totally just only be into wine. And uh, to be honest, after a day of wine tasting, all I want is a beer. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot of opportunity in that respect. And you know, he treats wine the same way that they or treats beer the same way that they treat wine and food. With a lot of respect, using the best ingredients and, and uh, you know, local ingredients whenever possible. And, you know, I, I think it fits right in with the culture out there. Corey, what do you think about this beer, the, the Sonoma Springs Daedalus? It has like a fruity finish. Sure. It's really pretty. Um, I like how, uh, you know, the barrel aging is, is definitely the rye. The rye barrel aging yeah. is influential, certainly, yeah. but it's not, it's not overwhelming. And, um, yeah, it's three months. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel this to be more of a, a Belgian style than, than a German style, perhaps. Absolutely. But certainly nothing wrong with that. I mean, breaking the rules is is more fun than anything else. He's yeah. a big fan of some wild yeast and uh, it, yeah. create, creates Dig a lot it. of esters and you mm-hmm. know, crazy flavors like that. Banana, cloves, all of that stuff. Sure, sure. Andrew, at Union Beer, you guys import... Well, you have importers bringing you a lot of beers as well. We do. Is, is there a German style that, that... I mean, have you seen a Rogan beer from Germany? I've never, uh, I've never even heard of the style before. Honestly, man, this is the first one I, I've had. And if I, I might have had it before, but uh, I, this is a fantastic beer. I mean, is a, if I've had it before, it's the first one that stood out to me. Um, it's I'm not a huge fan of sweet beers, but it's got it's subtle enough. Like, the sweetness is subtle enough mm-hmm. where it's just more sessionable. And that you get the qualities you do from some Belgian beers, but it's the alcohol content's kind of at a... At a Medium level, so yeah. it's, it's not not too boozy. I, yeah, really I think it's what six point seven, so it's uh, yeah ma- manageable. You know, and for people like us, that's very sessionable. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to w- save that one for last because okay, it's just... a lambic. It might uh, oh, yep. explode. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and tell these were shipped because Fair they're enough. like stuck and I can't pull right, them up. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, back to beer business. Right. Yeah. Okay, somebody pull these out and open them. But um, so you guys, okay, and you get beers 
driven across country from California, but you also get beers coming in from Europe. Right. How, how do they get from Europe to New York? Well, I mean, all, most, well, I'd say all of it's done by container ship uh, for the most part. So um, just like a lot of other products come over uh, from, from Europe or any other country, is uh, basically on a container ship. And uh, the issue with that, it's, it's, which is a struggle. And I'm We're pulling to- these bottles out of <laughs> styrofoam that have been shipped done. from California by the. I think the, the, the biggest struggle, um, and I, I really commend, and these guys don't get a, a ton of uh, accolades or anything, but the, the, the gentlemen who really, or the, the individuals that really deal with our inventory and ordering all these beers in from Europe and predicting how much we're going to go through, uh, it takes, it's a six-week lead time to get something from Europe. So you've got a container ship coming from Germany, comes here, goes to Jersey, sits on the dock until it gets released, gets here, and these guys have to maintain... This, this this flow of beer coming in when the market's unpredictable. And you might have a beer that your daily rate on it is a keg a day. All of a sudden, it gets popular. It goes up to nine kegs a day. And, you know, you can't speed up a container ship. Um, so those are the struggles you really have to deal with. And uh, when you deal with a, a bigger portfolio like we have, um, you're dealing with a lot of brands. I think I would say that I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm surprised we don't make more mistakes than we do. We, we're, we're pretty seamless as far as getting beer out. And I, you might have a different opinion on that, but I think we do a, a very good job of keeping things in stock. I've always been very impressed. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's tough. And when you, when you look at the warehouse and you look at the amount of beer that's there and any of the, the, the other wholesalers that we're dealing with, um, it's just they've really got it down to a science on, on how to – because, as you know, Jimmy – and you know, it's New York is a demanding market. People want things yesterday. So to say it's not going to be here for 14 days. People like Jimmy and myself. <laughs> you guys are lovely to work with and very patient. But uh, you got to have an answer for them. And, uh, I, I want, Harris, I'm really upset. I want my Sonoma Springs beer tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think we're going to make it happen. I'll find a way to make it happen. Really we're going to make something it. happen. Tonight. I love it. Look at this. I love beer it. business. This is I like, love wow. It. Hey, let's just take a short break. We'll be back in a moment here on Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. It's now a 501c3. So uh, before you know it, you'll be asked to be a member, and you should be, because uh, guys like us would not be on the air without your support. Um, we've got friends from uh, UK, Michigan, California. HeritageRadioNetwork.org really reaches a lot of people, and we're really proud to be the beer show on the network. And we're here at Roberta's in Bushwick, an awesome restaurant known for more than their pizza. And uh, we always stay after our show, and we have dinner. And anytime you're in town, come to Roberta's on a Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and you can have dinner with us. Garrett and Steve, they came all the way from England to sit on the show and have dinner with us. So. Beautiful. Yeah, the food here is gorgeous. Yeah, really nice. 
It's, it's, good, it's, good it's, okay, now we get to the next question. We got we got a uh, Brett Thompson had, had been our guest coordinator for a number of years, and he's moving I think tomorrow to Seattle. So cheers to Brett. He did a great job helping out put the show together. He actually worked for me as well. It's another guy I stole from somebody, and yeah. uh, <laughs> no, he's a well, great guy. And we're sad to see him go. He he's sent fantastic. in a question. He did, we can do an email question if you want. Beer sessions at gmail dot com. Uh, the question is for for the guests here tonight is what is your favorite beer book? And we're going to start with Andrew. Um, I'm studying to take the Cicerone Level 2 test, and uh, it's it's going to be difficult, and it's a lot of studying, but we were um, told or, uh, to read this book called Tasting Beer, um, and uh, I'm working Rand- my way. Randy Mosier, right? Yes, absolutely. I and think he teaches at the Siebel Institute in Chicago, doesn't he? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And the thing was that I, when you're around beer and you're talking about beer for, you know, 16 hours a day coming home and reading a book about beer I mean, it might not be the ideal thing you want to do but when I picked it up and I read the first uh, I think it was just a prologue to the book I'm like oh this this is like really interesting this guy's like a, a, this is a great writer it's technical but it's not it doesn't take you out of like the story of beer and like a lot of people have said like you know to understand the story of, of mankind you gotta understand the story of beer so Love it. it's uh, I dig it it's great so do you think is Cicerone program becoming a standard for uh, guys in the beer industry I, I think it will be and i think you spoke about it earlier it's it's a beer to a lot of restaurants that had fine food and fine wine was was an afterthought and we still see that in a lot of restaurants and now i think uh and, and thanks to, to to places that uh you know uh, as a like cory work at and develop it's when you see these high-end restaurants and well-respected restaurants um, really pouring great beer and putting thought into that, just like they do into their food, just like they do into their wine. It, it really elevates where beer is in, in the culture. And so, like, wine has sommeliers, beer is going to have uh, Cicerones, and that, that's the way it's going to go. And the test is going to be difficult, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out, man. Well, let's make a toast to you, mate. All right. Cheers. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And, Corey, uh, what, what is your favorite beer book or one of your favorite beer books? Man, i got to say a couple of staples for, for a lot of us, you know. Uh, Great Beers of Belgium, you know, of course, and Beers of the World. Michael, who, Michael Jackson Michael is Jackson. Just, just, you know, that was it, man. That's kind of the, the Corey, pinnacle right I, there. I know that many of us in the room know who Michael Jackson, the mm-hmm. beer writer, was. But right. why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Because not everyone knows of him. There was almost a silver lining, I guess you could say, when, when you know, after he's died. And even, even now, you know, far on as we are, when you say things, when you speak of him and use his name, like, we all get it and we all nod in approval, sure. But a lot of people look at you and you're like, What? Because they're thinking of the moonwalk. Of course, right. So that's the best part is kind of like explaining that whole conversation. But I had yeah, no idea was, that guy was into beer. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the utmost uh, so beer. He, Michael beer Jackson, the performer, was the closeted beer drinker. <laughs> but then there's Michael Jackson, the beer writer. <laughs> the writer, of course, who, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest voice on beer. One of those people that writes as he speaks, which I always love, like Garrett Oliver as well, I have to say. You, you meet the man and you're like, oh my God, I've read the book and I, I hear it in your voice now. It's brilliant. Michael Jackson was the same way. And a brilliant mind about whiskey as well and, and spirits in general and incredible. So great beers of Belgium. the best palettes around, right? Beyond, beyond, yeah. Me. yeah Just one thing I want to bring up real quick is, wasn't there a lot of controversy around the fact that he said America was the best place to drink beer? Yeah, which I think is wonderful. That's yeah. a terrific, terrific thing to say because uh, yeah. that's almost, look at the foresight that he had because he's not even here now to see what's going on because now it's infinitely better than it was when he said that. Yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, we, we've mentioned him, but uh, I'm a big Garrett Oliver fan uh, and I actually just got to actually meet him for the first time. I've always loved Brooklyn Brewery and everything that they've done, but uh, 
his books in terms of uh, pairing with food and as well as his his beer focused books. Uh, you know, I'm a big Garrett Oliver fan, and Brooklyn Brewery always uh, uh, right. love it. Did Did you like Oxford Companion with the beer? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing volume. to have him uh, yeah. come on board. Uh, I think I'm that. on page like 25. Right. <laughs> it's one of those books, you know, it's, it's like a no real rush. research. No rush. I'm going to read that for like two years, and uh, I'll keep reading it. So It's like the Bible. You kind of get through it eventually. <laughs> but, you know, the, the one thing great about doing the this show is beer. that yeah. we actually do get to talk to a lot of beer authors, and I, I never yeah. also thought of, you know, beer as something that people would write about. But you know what? There's sure. better. You know, we got Christian De Benedetti, Josh Bernstein has been on a lot. There's a lot of new guys writing writing about beer and uh and Charlie Banforth, of course. Charlie Bam- What's the, what's the book that you liked by him? Uh Grape versus Grain, which is incredible. It's a tiny yeah. little book, yeah. but every word is just it's almost mind-numbing in the sense that it's so uh, voluminous and important that you want to know every word. It really goes through history and cultural significance and historical significance, but it also goes into chemistry, but without kind of being too so much Charlie of a scientist. Charlie Banforth, he was, he was, he's English. He is. As and was he, Michael he Jackson, at, yeah. Do you know of him, Garen? Yeah, heard of him, yeah. Heard of him, yeah. Yeah. He um, worked at Bass for a long time. And, that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a writer I like uh, in England called Pete Brown who uh, wrote, Man Walks Into a Pub, so he's talk, talking about like uh, British culture of beer drinking, trying to get away from that sort of um, uh, stereotype of the camera kind of um, camera English guy. So that's a really good book, and I have ordered uh, the Oxford Companion, but I haven't I haven't read it yet. But I've ordered that; that's good because I've always liked hearing him hearing him on the show. He's a very interesting guy. So yeah, you know, it's it's a good one. All right, you guys like the saison? I like it a lot. Beautiful, man. Right? May I have Beautiful. more, please? See, yeah, it's it's a good summer beer. Right. You, you could uh, you could drink a fair amount of it, uh, which which is nice. It's uh, this is an exciting. And I will. This is one of my favorite parts of being in the beer scene is that people bring in all these new breweries. And, oh yeah, um, absolutely. We talked about last week. That, you know, for for a while when we started, separate from there was one side we'd ask the question. You know, what was your first beer? And a lot of American guys, it was this forty ouncer. I didn't want to say the name, and I don't want to get into it. But then the other, the other side is is also the the cult thing, where there's these beers that people think of are you know you have to have X and Y. I don't want to say the names, but it's also the you know scarcity. But then you find out well, this beer is actually a big brewery in their state, and they just don't ship to certain states. New Belgium, yeah. So in New sure. Belgium, or you know, well, third I mean, largest really, craft brewer. Yeah. In, in, in the in the country, and we don't get it in New York, and that's one of those questions that I've fielded at every job I've ever worked. Yeah, which is, can I have a fat tire? And you're like, I, I get no. The same thing from from yeah. customers. Come on. But what, what we do like though is, is is discovering like in New York now. My favorite new brewery is Carton. And they're based in New Jersey. And I just making, had that. I just awesome. had it over yeah. the weekend. And the, it's, the boat beer, it's basically a hoppy Kolsch, and they're smart about it. That's my favorite beer right now. Super good. And uh, this Sonoma Spring stuff is pretty cool, too. Thanks. Yeah. I'm glad you, know, you guys all these are little, enjoying uh, it. Yeah. Uh, are, there any, are there any beers that you get to see, Andrew, that don't make it to New York? Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, just traveling around. To, you know, We were in Alaska a couple years ago. We were in Seattle just for a few days, and... I asked my boss, I'm like, what, what, why are we in Seattle? He's like, well, we were in Alaska, and I'd rather not go to Alaska for two days and fly back to New York, so let's just hang out and drink <laughs> beer. That's why I love this job. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great Are you beers. hiring? Uh, <laughs> I'm always hiring, man. <laughs> there's a lot of great beer out there, and uh, some of these breweries, I think, you know, you can grow either way. You can grow fast, you can grow slow. There's no right or wrong way to do it. But I think a lot of the breweries they want to they want to get big in their home market and then kind of expand from there and they have a kind of a growth plan. Um, and I think there's just uh, yeah I'm exposed to a lot of great breweries that have not made it to New York yet and I hope they do. Um, what, what are some? I, I know you're, you're working, but 
How about off the record? What are some breweries that you've come across that you would like to see in New York? Well, if I'm on the radio, then I'm definitely on the record. <laughs> right, let's no it. one's okay. listening. Uh, no, no, I, no, I can say that. I, I have no problem with that. Um, I, I was out in Colorado, and uh, I heard from a friend of mine about this uh, brewery called Upslope. And it's a small brewery out there. And I just met up with the guys because I was uh, friends with one of the guys' sisters. And I just said... Um, you know, I emailed them. I'm like, hey, can we catch up for a little bit? And uh, they had a, the packaging was great, and they were cool. They had a great reputation, but the beer was it was really good. It was cool, and they were they were tiny. They were like self distributing. And uh, I just said, hey, man, this is a long way off. But when you come to New York, give me a buzz. I'd love to show you around, and I'd love to taste some people on your beers. So I, I think that's uh, one of the ones I would uh, definitely plug. And then Three Heads that we just got down here, uh, delicious, great guys. Awesome. I mean, we they're had, from New York too, right? Rochester, New York, and they're doing some amazing stuff. Um, and, and they came down here, and the reception was uh, phenomenal. And just like you said, I'm really into finding interesting breweries, or just and, and you know, mainly some of the other guys in my company are, are finding them. But it's 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 us like introducing uh, the market to. Okay, it. so let's go from the fun stuff to the drudgery. Okay, every day there's guys, young guys and women on the street as sales reps for, yep. for distributors like yours. What's like a typical day like for these guys? What's a day like for these guys? Um, <laughs> right now. I don't know if I want to call it drudgery, but it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I say this in every interview with somebody because a lot of people come in that are really into beer and they're like, I want to sell beer. I'm like, okay, well, here's what it is. Uh, you're up around nine. You're, you're doing your admin hour, uh, you know, emails back and forth with your manager from, uh, for about, you know, an hour and a half or so. You're on the street, and this is on-premise when you're selling at bars. You're on the street by 11 because you really can't see anybody before 11 in Manhattan. Uh, You have about 125 to 130 accounts you see per week. You see about 25 a day. And when you're in there, you're uh, you're doing everything from, you know, collecting a check and uh, making sure the tap handles look right, making sure the bottle displays up there, the, the menu's accurate. But the most important part is it's selling beer. And you have numbers to hit, and you have, I'm not going to get too specific about it, but you have goals to hit, and we are very, very serious about I'm no longer hitting our numbers. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I'm, I'm really, nice. it's a real tough job. I, I think it I is. I, I think it's a tough job, but it has a lot of perks, and uh, it, it's a growth industry. Oh. And, and throughout the recession, when I say we're recession-proof, no, but I, I think we were recession-resistant. And we hired a lot of people during the recession, which is great. And I think you have to, if you have a love for sales, which I do, and you just want to make a ton of money, then sell pharmaceuticals. It's probably not the right industry for you. If you have a love for sales and you have a love for the beer industry and the beverage industry, and there's a certain dynamic in that industry, which is just so fun and so it's such a community, a sense of community. Um, then it's it's a fantastic job. Which man, I can attest to because enough of these people that I know and I've you know created really beautiful friendships with that work for union beer and other distributors uh, really really care yeah and it's it's very much apparent as soon as you meet them which is great yeah and, and, and i appreciate and that Corey, to show how competitive the market is about how many different distributors do you buy from at proletariat oh well you know we're still new so not as many as i'd like to but there are at least you know eight nine ten ten distributors out there that i want to deal with just in New York City. Yeah, just to kind of keep up. Sure, just in New York City and just to keep up with the rare, new, and unusual theme that we're doing. And Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty It's a great bar, by the way. Everyone's got to go if you haven't been. Uh, Cheers, man. Thanks. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
And Thanks Har- very much. Harris, you're doing some other cool things too with Underground Eats. Yeah. Are, are you uh, doing any special events coming up? We, yeah, we actually have our launch event coming up on Sunday, which we're uh, really excited about. We've been uh, out there with our website for the last three months, but this is kind of our big. Uh, so what is a it? Big party. So we're doing it at. You uh, said to me three times tonight. The I launch know. event Sunday. I know. So it's at uh, the McKittrick Hotel. If the launch for what? knows of uh, Underground Eats. So our, our website undergroundeats.com where we uh, we curate and produce the best alternative dining events in New York. Proudly uh, had tickets for the uh, Five Borough picnic this weekend, which was uh, unbelievable by all accounts. And uh, this event is at the uh, Sleep No More venue which is uh, one of nice. the coolest venues in, in New York uh, called the McKittrick Hotel. And it's based on the eve of the 1939 World's Fair. So there's a lot of interesting uh, ephemera coming out of that and Are event. there any personalities, chefs that you're working yeah, with? Yeah, uh, Mark Murphy uh, from Landmark and Ditch Plains and on Chopped on the Food Network is, uh, is going to be our chef with uh, Michael Serino cool. from A Razor a Shiny Knife, uh, who's uh, known for doing... Amazing out of the box. So you're like uh, a hipster dude. Oh, you know. So you're like an ultimate insider. You know, I just like to have fun with food. You're not just making a barbecue. You're you're getting like one of the top chefs. You know, I mean, uh, I think it brings people together, and and I think restaurants are amazing. But I think experiences that combine food and drink and spirits and uh, theatrics can be, you know, really moving. And that's really what we're so about. Undergroundeats.com. Yeah, please. Everyone right. check it out. And, and Garen, uh, how long are you here for? You've been in New York for over a week. It seems like a year, but, but, <laughs> but, but we're, we're leaving on uh, Thursday. So, so, you know what we did the other night? At G- Jimmy's number 43. It turns out that a lot of women in America <laughs> are enamored with the English accent. Yeah, it's annoying. So, uh, sounds very really smart. Annoying, sounds very <laughs> smart. So what <laughs> you're going to do is you're going to read off these things. Because they basically, he went around the bar on Saturday night. And uh, some women wrote notes, and he had to read them to them. So Jimmy let's start here. Us around like some sort <laughs> Pass of it over, Corey. Monkey. The, the, you're going to read some of the good beer seal events coming up in New York City this week. Uh, so uh, Pretty Things Field Mouse's farewell launch at the uh, is it Browridge Browry Lane on Thursday at 7 p.m. Next Wednesday is Allagash Night at the Double Windsor, including Saison Meme, Odyssey, and more. And beer abroad at the Stag's Head on Saturday, June the 9th. Have some Duval, a La Chouffe, and Omegang. I'm going to all of these just based on his accent. That guy sounds creamy. <laughs> and the other Thank thing is, much. I don't know, is this London or, or New York? You know, it's cool. But this, you know, so. and the you same goes... A, you need a British co-host at this point. I could do that in yeah. like a Brooklyn accent. It's probably not as attractive, but I can do I think we're auditioning co-hosts, so let's see. <laughs> but, and you know, then, oh, the time's up. That's another part of the show. So you guys have been awesome. This is an awesome show. It's an inside look at beer. we got fans from England. we got a guy who's involved in events and uh, a brewery in California. Corey, who's got a great little beer bar, proletariat. And Andrew McLeod, my hero, who makes all the beer Jimmy, get to Jimmy's number you are the man, every dude. week. Thank you so much. Bro. All right. So let's like thank our sponsors. Greatbrewers.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. And also a shout out to the Good Beer Seal. Coming June 11th, tune in for the new Good Beer Seal Awards at Jimmy's number 43. Thanks to Andrew, Harris, and Corey, and Steve, and Garen for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, and goodbye to guest coordinator Brett Thompson who's moving to Seattle. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Beer Sessions Songs I have <laughs> casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point 
Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network You can find all of our archived programs on HeritageRadioNetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.